Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. I hope that this show finds you healthy, well and safe. We are heating up your radio today with grand guests and gastronomic pleasures, so I hope that you'll stay tuned because we have really good taste on this program. The delicious conversation starts right here and right now, and I welcome you to my kitchen. Whether you love to cook or love to eat, you are bound to find something you'll love on this show. From chefs and cookbook authors to epicureans, brewmasters, grill masters, mixologists, sommeliers, trendsetters, and more, I am all about living the good life, and it is my goal to feed your soul and satiate your appetite. And so by the end of this hour, your dishes will guaranteed come alive with flavor. On this show, every food topic is on the table, and I'm always serving up seconds, by the way, at chefjamie.com. You'll also find my daily dish where you can take your cooking skills to the next level with videos and recipes and shameless good eats and more on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. So please become a friend and follow. All right, coming up, let me let you know what is on your plate or set the table, rather. Katie Lee of Food Network fame, the much loved, of course, is here for the first time, having never graced this show before. I am so delighted because I'm a fan. I love her casual style and her confidence. And uh, she is pregnant, uh, having a, a beautiful baby in the coming months, and she's meal prep planning. And so she's going to share her best tips. Katie Lee coming up in just a bit. Also, pastry chef extraordinaire Gail Gand is back because during uh, this COVID season, as I call it, we're baking and eating and baking and eating and baking some more. And so Gail is hosting Pie Camp You'll hear all about it, so don't touch your dial. But first, I like to share a tutorial of sorts, a lesson, a technique at the start of this show to make you the best cook you know. And a while back when we traveled for food and fun, and that will happen again, I met a chef who in New York City was making beer-flavored butter by churning butter with a local brewery's IPA. And he paired it with a soft pretzel and it was on the bar menu, like the snacks menu. And it was so good. Yum, right? So at your favorite steakhouse, you can probably choose from a menu of premium steak butters, a pat of lobster butter or blue cheese butter or count me in, marrow butter. And I'm happy to tell you that butter is back. Or better yet, butter has been reborn. Butter has always been a great flavor carrier due to the ease in which flavors can be incorporated, as well as the fact that butter has the most satisfying, wonderful mouthfeel, right? And I always say buy the best butter that you can afford because European butter is pricier for good reason. European butter has less water content, more butter fat, therefore making it richer and more luscious. 
the less you spend on butter, the more water you will end cook end up rather cooking out essentially, and the less great flavor imparted into your dish. Now, I use unsalted butter just as a quick mention always, unless I'm putting really good bread and artisan salted butter on the table for dinner. Uh, But I will say unsalted butter is my butter of choice for another good reason. Because I like to, number one, season my dishes according to my palate. And number two, salted butter has an exceptionally and uh, slightly scary long shelf life because salt is a preservative. And so that salted butter, you've heard me say it before, that's on the shelf in the grocery store, it's been there way too long in my opinion. I use unsalted butter because I like the freshness of it. And so there you have it. Now, with that said, I mentioned all these fabulously flavored butters, right? And we talked about uh, just a second ago how easily you can incorporate flavor. Well, that's called a compound butter. And it is a wonderful way to add pizzazz to steaks and chicken and veggies and more. There is nothing like a pat of butter melting away on top of something you're about to sink your teeth into. And when you add a few flavorful ingredients to good quality butter, you are a culinary hero. You've made a compound butter. Now, it's easy. It's a very practical way of layering on buttery goodness. And you can add a little kick. You can add fresh herbs or aromatic spices or a hint of sweetness. And here's how you make it. So you start with fresh room temperature unsalted butter and you put it in a mixing bowl or you can use your food processor. I recommend using the paddle attachment and then you compose your flavors. You want to limit yourself to a few well-chosen additions. So herbs, spices, aromatics, you could go with citrus zest or uh, cracked pepper, uh, finely minced shallot, garlic, scallion, fresh herbs, which would be very dry, by the way, before you mince them. So if you've cut them from the garden and need to rinse them, please blot them well with paper towels and let them air dry before you chop them and add them to your butter. Now you also will want to add salt. Um, I think that kosher salt or sea salt is best here, and it brings out the flavor of the ingredients. You can even add acid. If you're adding liquid, though, you want to blend a few drops at a time. I prefer to add lemon zest or orange zest uh, if I'm looking for brightness because the oils and the aromatics and the zest really add a punch. And then if you're looking for sweetness, honey blends beautifully. So does maple syrup or even super fine sugar. That's the best uh, compound butter for waffles, sweet and savory. Ooh, like sage and honey butter. Oh, yes. Now, you want to blend well, so you can do it with the stand mixer, as I mentioned, or an electric hand mixer, or even a rubber spatula, and you'll definitely get a good workout. And you want all the ingredients, a good bicep workout, to be incorporated very thoroughly. Then you want to wrap the butter up tightly. You put it in the center of a piece of plastic wrap. You can use wax paper or parchment if you prefer. And you roll the bottom half of the paper over the butter so that you create a log. And then you seal or twist the edges tightly. You can use a bench scraper, by the way. Even a sushi mat works really well. And you chill 
well, you chill the butter, of course. You should chill too, really. I mean, you just did all that minimal work for a compound butter. It takes a couple hours for the log to harden and it will stay in the fridge for several days. I put it into another bag or a sealed, uh, you know, container. A plastic Ziploc bag works great because it will take on flavors from the fridge. And then you cut the chilled butter into coins, right? And, uh, What's really beautiful about it is that you always have flavor at hand. So the possibilities are endless, right? I talked about a sage honey butter, beautiful on biscuits. How about a yuzu butter on scallops? How about a a melting dollop of a beautiful um, herb and shallot butter on that ribeye steak you're going to take off the grill next weekend? Oh, yes. Because you get fat and flavor simultaneously. How about chipotle maple butter for a cheddar bacon biscuit? Oh, or use that chipotle maple butter for corn on the cob. But I have a current flavored butter. It's sriracha and honey. And I have to tell you, on a crispy chicken sandwich, it's out of this world. It's also the bonus recipe, and I will gladly share my best flavor combinations for compound butters if you will email me, jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at chefjamie.com. I will answer your email personally and happily. Okay, it's time for food news this week. Here's some news you can definitely use. Because whether it's in pasta sauce or fried rice or garlicky lamb chops, we love garlic, right? But sometimes you smell like the copious amounts of garlic that you ate. There is new research and a solution or two, in fact. You can neutralize that garlic breath is to eat a raw apple. Yes, an apple out of hand because it has an enzyme that acts as a natural deodorant to bad breath causing sulfides in garlic. And that's some food news that maybe you can use. Here's some insightful information you're definitely going to want to hear. Katie Lee is in the house. You know her and love her from the kitchen on Food Network, soon to be mommy, Katie Lee dishes coming up next. And we're talking pie dough later in the hour. You can master it. So don't touch your dial. Chef Jamie Gwen, be right back. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. You have really good taste to tune in because we have the best culinary thinkers on this show. And with stay-at-home orders still in place, I know that you're looking for quick, easy recipes while juggling your Zoom calls and the kids' lesson plans. I'm delighted that for the first time, Celebrity Chef and the Kitchen co-host Katie Lee is stopping by to dish. And she's committed to making meal prep easier. So you know her and love her from the kitchen on Food Network. But did you know that Katie began cooking at the tender age of four under the guidance of her grandmother? She's written three cookbooks, currently working on her fourth. She was nominated for a Daytime Emmy. And I personally love her casual style and her seasonal approach. She's here to share some delicious conversation. And we welcome you, Katie. So glad to have 
have you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. And congratulations on expecting your first child. Very excited for you. Uh, do you have a favorite pregnancy you, meal? Yes, thrilling. Um, you know, I've been eating uh, like a child. <laughs> um, I love grilled cheese, and suddenly I'm really into peanut butter and grape jelly. Oh, okay. I, I happen to love a peanut butter sandwich, so uh, I hope that craving continues for you. Oh, I love <laughs> peanut butter in general. I hadn't had grape jelly in years, and for some reason, I <laughs> just have gravitated towards it, and it's one of those things like I'm waking up in the middle of the night and thinking about. Oh, crazy. Okay, well, now is the time to indulge. Um, I do know, though, from uh, following you and being a longtime fan that you have kept up with your workouts, even with a bowl of pasta at night, and you do eat healthy. Um, you, you know, comfort foods, yes, but when it's time to turn to healthy eating, uh, what's on the menu? Well, I'm all about balance. So I do have my indulgences, but for the most part, I keep a pretty healthy diet, and I like those foods. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I love a big salad. I call mm. it my cross salad. I get a big stainless steel bowl, and I take everything in the fridge and put it in there, <laughs> and I just love it. Um, but, I, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of green salads as well because I feel like that's a great way to prep and make something that lasts and keep it in the fridge since I am working from home like a lot of people I feel like I need something that's already done so um, what I do is I I partnered up with Healthy Choice Power Dressing and I made this crispy chickpea quinoa tabbouleh salad Mm. I take my chickpeas I toss them in some of their creamy Italian dressing which has um, garlic and herbs and it even has cauliflower puree in it so you're getting more veggies and I take those chickpeas I put them in the oven and roast them until they're nice and crispy and then I make my quinoa tabbouleh so I do quinoa um, there's cucumbers tomatoes fresh herbs scallions I keep that in the fridge and then all I have to do at lunchtime is scoop that out onto a bed of greens And I've got a nice, healthy, protein-packed, veggie-packed lunch. Nice. I love the idea of adding an additional bean to you know, your, your favorite salad, whether it be like the tabbouleh, which I love, or if you throw your garbanzo beans, you just talked about the chickpeas into a Greek salad, or I mean, just about anything, you do get a protein punch. And there's something toothsome and lovely about them and mixed with the grain that has to be delicious. Yeah, I love beans in a salad. And I mean, they're a great thing to have in your pantry, whether they're canned or dried, to have those on hand and you don't have to um, have a a meat necessarily. You can just go for a bean and have a great plant-based meal. Yeah, no, it's a great way to to boost the protein. Uh, Once we get back to a little more normalcy of the lives that we knew, um, how do you travel on the go with your healthy meals? Because we know, uh, we all know, you're busy. Um, I, you know, in some ways I feel busier now than ever. <laughs> I know. Um, I guess balancing working from home and cleaning the house and cooking three meals a day. Um, but, you know, I, I think that if you are packing a salad, take somewhere with you. The key is to not mix full lettuce with the dressing ahead of time. So I usually will put the dressing on the bottom of the container, put everything on top, 
And then when it's time to eat, you can give it a shake. That's smart. I do that in a mason jar, too. I'll keep, like, different mason jars to mix all together and then put the dressing in and shake up like you do. Yes. Yeah, it's a great on-the-go. That's a great idea. Tell us, what do you keep on hand? Like, what are your staples you talk about a tossed salad. I call that garbage salad. That's how I clean out the produce bin. And similar to you, I think everything goes in a salad. Um, but what are your basics? I mean, what are the essentials that are always in your fridge? Do you, do you grate Parmesan cheese in every time? Or what's your go-to? Well, you know, right now I'm buying veggies that have a longer shelf life. So I'm going for the kale, cauliflower, broccoli, butternut squash, um, cabbage, mm-hmm. things that don't go bad as quickly. So I've always got those on hand. And then I like to have something in the salad that's pickled. My husband makes great pickled onions. Mm. Um, so I'll put those in there. Then I like to usually have some sort of cheese. A dried fruit is always nice to throw in there. You know, nice. some raisins or dried cranberries to give it a little sweet element. Um, and then I, I usually go for beans on my salad, and I, and I love avocados. So uh, right now, if you're grocery shopping, go for the hardest avocados they have, and then they'll last you a lot longer. Yeah, really smart. And I'm I'm doing the same. I'm trying to think, you know, uh, ahead in stocking with those veggies and the cruciferous vegetables and so on that, that do last. So it, thank you. It's a great reminder. Um, tell us what's on the agenda at the kitchen. What recipes are you working on? And uh, what have you eaten that is most delicious from GZ lately? Oh, I love GZ's cooking. Um, well, <laughs> Such kitchen, a good cook. We are filming from home. So we're all cooking out of our own kitchens and filming on iPhones. And, um, you know, I, I just love seeing what my co-hosts are coming up with during this time. Hmm. Uh, you've all become masterful at the, uh, at the iPhone video edit, which I think is so impressive. Um, tell us about the cookbook yet to come. Can you give us a sneak peek? Yes. So I'm working on a cookbook that's coming out in spring 2021. And uh, it's, you know, a lot of easy recipes. Um, I've got a lot of my favorites in there. Uh, how to make a great roast chicken, how mm. to cook a steak in a cast iron skillet. So just really easy things that you can use for every day. Good. Sort of like we get a, a chance to come into your home and cook with you. Um, as I said, I, I've been a, a longtime fan. I love your casual approach. You're so real. Um, the recipes are so doable. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity to share your insight oh, on the radio. You. Of course, happy, healthy, perfect baby. Tell us where we can find your best salad recipes and, oh, and more info. You. So you can find the, uh, the quinoa tabbouleh recipe I was talking about at readysetheat.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Katie Lee Kitchen. Perfect. Already doing so. Continuing to watch your... Uh, pasta celebrations nightly until that beautiful baby comes and we'll be wa- we'll be watching the kitchen of course and looking forward to the new cookbook next year please you have an open invitation here katie i'd love to have you come back to showcase it oh thank you so much i really appreciate it you stay healthy thank you and, and you uh, stay safe and healthy too thank you so very much Katie Lee, of course, from The Kitchen on Food Network. There's more delicious conversation in your radio right after this.
Get your sweet tooth ready, Chef Jamie Gwen, in your radio. Welcome back. So we're sheltering and baking and sheltering and baking and baking some more. (laughs) And she's back. (laughs) My friend, nationally acclaimed pastry chef, restaurateur, cookbook author, teacher, and television personality, and two-time James Beard Award winner. Gail Gand is everyone's favorite pastry chef. She bakes casual, comfort food-inspired sweets, and I love her style, and I know you do too. Of course, she co-founded and partnered in the renowned Chicago restaurant True, which had two stars from the Michelin Guide, and for eight years, Gail was the host of Sweet Dreams, Food Network's first program devoted to desserts. You continue to see her on Top Chef and Iron Chef and Martha and Rachel and more, She once made a peach cobbler for Aretha Franklin, which I always love to talk to her about. And yes, she is back to dish during a COVID baking season, as I'm calling it. Gail actually graced this show right at the beginning to inspire us to some sweets at home, to bring us comfort, and her sheltering and baking continues. So I asked her to come back, which turned, by the way, into a three-part series, The More Gail, The Better, in my opinion. And so I'm delighted. We're dishing on pie and chickens, not that they go together. Oh, and so much more. How are you, my friend? I'm so great. And <laughs> I love hearing your explanation of, of my life. It makes me feel like it's all worthwhile. But it is all Thank worthwhile. You. There's so many wonderful things about you that I don't know that the food world knows. I mean, it's been touched on before, but I don't think there are a lot of people that know you became a silversmith. That you have literally a That's, degree in metal smithing? Yeah, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts with a degree in silver and gold smithing and iron work. And I was, you know, a professional musician before I did that. It's crazy. With and my you, family, so... You play I the ukulele? Yeah, yes. That's like, because I can get it on the plane. You know, I played guitar <laughs> as a kid, but every time you try to carry it on the airplane, they'd say you have to check it. And it's very dangerous to check musical instruments. So I went to ukulele because it fits in the overhead compartment. Right. At the and same I used to travel a lot. At the same time, you made the best peach cobbler on the planet for one of the biggest names ever. Um, I'm going to segue from peach cobbler to peach pie, though. And I'd really like to sort of map out what our plan is. So you and I okay. talked last week, and I said, What are you baking? And you said, Well, I'm teaching pie class. And I said, let's do pie class on the radio. And you graciously obliged. Actually, I think what I said is I've got pie camp happening. Oh, it's camp. Forgive me. Even I better like than class. Pie camp, but it's like we go to camp and we, you know, have a camp song and we write home to our parents. I mean, it's, <laughs> I call it pie camp because it's really, it's like, um, like boot camp, but for pie. Okay, so it that's teaches brilliant. you, I teach you all the, you know, what you need to know to be successful making a pie. And there's so many people out there who have a fear of pie crust. It's almost like a therapy session where, you know, they've had failures, they're shamed by their family, they're not, you know, known as the pie baker in their neighborhood. And I can fix all of that in one class. Yes, so I do. I'm and sure I get you can. people writing to me or calling me in tears because, like, they made this pie and it was the best they've ever made and their family asked them to make it again. It, like, changes people's identity, Hmm. not only within their tribe, but in their own mind about themselves and what they're able to do. 
You know, there's transformation. It is transformational. There's something very emotional about what you just said for me, because I say very often these catchphrases on the radio I have for years, like, you know, this recipe will make you a culinary hero. And I wonder if some people think it's flippant, but I really believe in no, the... No, this stuff is real. I right. Mean, the... I, you know, my bread pudding will get you marriage proposals. Okay, how really? come, wait, 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 how come you've never shared it with me? Hold on. There is a, there is a culinary satisfaction that comes from achieving the perfect pie that really, truly yeah. makes you feel so good about yourself. When you lay your head down at the pil- on the pillow at night, you're good. Yeah, your self-esteem is at a different level than it was when you woke up that morning. And it's true. I mean it. And I don't know if it's because of mastering the, the physical you know, aspects of it, or is it the chemistry and physics that you comprehend now? But there's something freeing about understanding what you are doing and maybe what you weren't doing that you should have been doing. Sure, the to correction. To make it come out, yeah. great. Okay, so, teach you that. Okay, so please teach us. This is what we're going to do. Well, Over I, the next three months, starting now, we okay, are going okay. to do a limited edition pie camp on the radio with pastry chef Gail Gand. And we're going to talk pie dough today, just snippets of it, because you really have to go to the full pie camp to get the best of pie camp with Gail Gand. And then next <laughs> month, stationary yes, and, you know, take copious notes. And, yeah. Uh, next month, we're going to talk fillings. Bad, yeah. Oh, yeah. And do s'mores. And then the third month, we're going to talk styles. We'll touch on galette and crostata and tarts, as you said. But give us the lowdown. Yeah. Where do we start when it comes to pie dough, please? So for pie, first thing you need to understand is it's completely uniquely American. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, any of the French lessons you've had or French pastries you've made. You know, if you've done sable dough, that's very nice. It's got nothing to do with American pie dough. The fat is worked in differently. The liquids are, everything is different. Um, the other thing unique about American pie is the shape. So it's always in a conical-shaped pan with slanted walls not straight walls. So that's sort of, people are like, well, what's the difference between a tart and a pie? So a tart always usually has straight walls or is very low and flat. A pie has conical-shaped walls or slanted walls. Um, it can be one crust, it can be two. But that's sort of the, the definition essential shape. Yes, okay. And as far as so, flour, fat, and liquid, please dish. The main... The most important of the, that trinity is the fat. Okay. And the most important thing isn't the kind of fat. It's the size of the pieces of fat. Hmm. So you can use butter. You can use shortening. You can use butter and shortening. You can use lard. You can use butter and lard. So those are sort of the three main fats that I like to use, and I often combine them. So I'll do half butter for flavor and half lard or shortening for shortness which is why it's called shortening. Right. Um, for, tex- for texture, what, for flakiness, right? Right. But you're actually interrupting any strands of gluten that can form, that form long strands. You're keeping them short by introducing fat, and that's why that dough is called a short dough. Mm, I love the science. Um, yes. It's literally what the fat does to the, the flour. It doesn't allow it to create long strands. But the thing that most people do wrong, I mean, just to bottom line it, is they mix the fat in too much, too small. So you'll often read a pie crust recipe, and it says mix the fat till the 
pieces of fat are pea-sized. I just want to add one word in there. Instead of pea-sized, I want to say chickpea-sized. Oh, so smart. So bigger. Okay. Bigger now, than what you're used to. What if and it wasn't what pea? What we do is we overmix. We mix the fat too small, and right. we bl- we lose all the flakiness. The other thing that causes the flake, besides the short strands, is water, mm-hmm. which naturally occurs in butter. Mm-hmm. You know, butter is 82% fat. Mm-hmm. So it's 18%. Other stuff, mostly water or milk. There's some milk solids, um, especially unsalted butter has no salt in it. So that water we want to keep in large enough parts so that when you bake the crust in the oven, the water gets hot. It, it turns, steams. It, you know, wants to boil, turns right. to steam, needs right. to release, pushes aside whatever flowers above and below it, and makes a little flaky crevice. Mm. Okay, how do you feel about grated butter. So there are many schools of thought. Some great pastry chefs believe you freeze the butter, you box grate the butter, or do you by hand make chickpea size fat? I'm taking my sticks of butter and cutting them into about, I'm trying to find a ruler where I am, about quarter, quarter like a third of an inch cube. Third I of an inch. I take a stick of butter, I cut it in half long ways and then flip it half long ways the other way, mm-hmm. and then cut down about half-inch slices. Mm-hmm. You'll get cubes that are bigger than a chickpea. Yes. But that's what I'm starting with. Okay. And those are cold. Yes. And then if I'm using shortening or lard, which is a softer fat um, than butter at, at 41 degrees, I freeze those in cubes. Ah, very smart. Okay. So I'm trying to freeze my lard. Or if I've got shortening, I smear it on a piece of foil and cut like a grid in it so it makes like cubes and then put that in the freezer. Mm-hmm. So sh- to answer your question, I think shredding butter or grating the butter is too small. Got it. That's already too small for me. She is gracing us with her best ideas during this crazy tough time to bake and cook and warm your soul. So don't touch your dial. Gail Gand, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio Uh, Be right back. Don't go away. back and we're dishing chef jamie gwen in your radio celebrating food and life as we fare through this uh, fantastical time no doubt i'm grateful that you're here that you're listening as we all band together uh, around food and to comfort and feed our souls to nourish and to satisfy i'm very proud to call gail gand my friend and can we make a batch of pie dough, use it right away, or better to let it rest? Or can we even we make it ahead? It so I just made um, four crusts right now before I called you. And you need to let it rest at least two hours in the fridge because the water um, needs to sort of slowly 
absorb throughout that disc of dough. You don't want to mix it so much that you've completely combined it. You, mm-hmm. You're sort of shoving it together and then allowing the less, rest of the water to be absorbed slowly. You're also rechilling the fat when right. it's those two hours. And then when you roll it, you're going to create sheets of butter. Mm. Like- you've got those big hunks in there, those chickpea-sized pieces. As you roll across, you're sheeting it. That's actually a French technique. It's called to frise butter, where you like sheet it out. Yeah, like puff pastry. Big flakes. Yes, that's why we love the beauty of puff pastry. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, puff pastry is a great example of how water creates a flake. You know that so we've controlled smart. that that whole layer of butter has like a layer of water that pushes everything apart. That's what puff pastry is. Very smart. So we're doing that, but in little bits. Okay, Gail, any other secrets when it comes to perfect pie dough? I do have one more thing. <laughs> I use vinegar to keep it tender. I use red wine vinegar, and that acid helps keep the dough from getting tough. And how much vinegar to the ratio for the pie dough? For two discs of pie dough, I use two teaspoons, so a teaspoon per disc. Okay, now you're sharing your best secrets. I love it. <laughs> how, how does one go to pie camp? The extended, the extended version. Normally, I have pie camp at Eloa Farm, which is the historic organic farm that I teach at outside of Chicago in Lake Forest, Illinois. I yes. usually do it once a year. Um, the date's been postponed this year because of COVID-19. Yes. But I'm doing pie camp on my Facebook page. Love Chef it. Gail Gand. Yes. And you can take a look there. I'm not sure when I'm doing it in the future, but check my page out and you'll see it because I've been getting a lot of requests for it. I think this is pie season. You know, it's funny you say that because I think everyone always used to think of pie at the holidays, like as an end of the year. And I've Mm -hmm. always thought of fresh peaches summer season and stone fruit make me think of pie. So I agree with you right now is the start of pie season. I think actually it might always be pie season, but it's a matter of what <laughs> it's filled with. You know, because yes. like rhubarb, when rhubarb comes in, you're like, oh, I got to do strawberry rhubarb pies. But, you know, in October, you crave pumpkin pie. So I think it's sort of an all-season format. Yes. It's just a matter of switching up the filling. Yeah, I love it. Um, very quickly before I let you go, um, tell me how your chickens are, please. My chickens are so much fun. <laughs> if anyone out there is finding they need a little something to do that's not too much work but a lot of entertainment, high yes. entertainment factor, get chickens. So I have four chickens in my backyard. I got I actually rented them because I wasn't sure, like, would it fit in my lifestyle and what am I going to do with them wait, in the winter? Wait, wait, wait. You can rent a chicken? You can rent chickens and a coop, and the, they bring the feed, the wood chips, the feeder, and the water container, and the chickens. And that's they come, crazy. and 25 minutes later, you're a chicken mama. Okay, that's crazy fabulous. It's so great. And, if you know, I don't have to try to keep them warm during the winter if I don't want to. I'll probably get too attached to them, though, and won't be able to give them back. So at the end, you can buy out mm. your setup if you want. How are but your eggs? Out, so, so we get, out of four chickens, we get two to four eggs a day. Wow. Um, I haven't figured out what impacts that number. Like, if I give them, they love bananas, so I give them, like, bananas every day, but I don't know if that's influencing the number of eggs or not. But the eggs 
also are, you know, they're all different colors, which is really fun. Again, don't know which egg is coming from which chicken. I have not been able to suss that out. I love it. I think that you are living the best life during times of challenge. And for that, you inspire me. You always make me smile. Um, And I I love your style. You know that. Thank you for continuing to share your passion on the radio. I will give you a cumulative thank you uh, from myself and all of my listeners because you do inspire us. Um, Pie Camp, you can learn more. Uh, about Pie Camp with Gail Gand on her social media pages, um, Chef Gail Gand, at Chef Gail Gand. And then, of course, you can continually learn uh, from all of her sweet stuff at gailgand.com. It's G-A-L-E-G-A-N-D, G-A-L-E-G-A-N-D. Gail, next month, Pie Camp, I'll meet you here. Fillings it is. We're doing fillings next. I can't wait. Thanks so much for having me on. Stay healthy and well to the family too, please. And thank you as always, my friend. You too. You too, love. Bye. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of edible entertainment. I hope that you enjoyed the delicious conversation and that you'll tune in every weekend to share your passion for food. I will leave you with my last bite, as I like to call it, my last ounce or tidbit of gastronomic inspiration for the weekend. It is actually excerpted from this recipe or featured in my most recent digital Cookbook. It is an all digital downloadable cookbook uh, where the proceeds, 100%, in fact, are still going to COVID relief as there are still many who need the support. And so I'm sharing this recipe and hope that you will check out chefjamie.com or chefjamie.kitchen to get you to the page directly. And I thank you for supporting, for paying it forward, for doing good, for eating well. It's a pecan-crusted salmon recipe, and oh, I love it. And it is salmon season, so it's an impressive party dish, but it's still lean and clean, and it's aromatic, and it's just lovely. You use salmon and some Dijon mustard, honey, and panko breadcrumbs mixed with pecans and some freshly chopped parsley. I will post the recipe on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. So please, steal it. And I will meet you here next weekend uh, where I promise there's lots more fabulous food in your radio. Please stay healthy and safe. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off, and I hope you continue to eat well. Well.